Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi, moms and dads. Welcome back to Sleep Cues. You know, I shouldn't say moms and dads. I should say caregivers, everybody. Everybody who's caring for a little one who is looking to get them great sleep. You know, we get questions. We just had an episode recently about grandparents. So I should be more inclusive in that. So hello, caregivers. Hello, anyone looking to get a child better sleep. Welcome back to Sleep Cues. This is Q&A Tuesday. It's our Q&A week. And this week, the questions that were in my inbox and my DM box on Instagram ranged everywhere from newborns to toddlerhood. So we've got lots to talk about today. So let's dive right in. The first question I got was about a three-year-old seemingly dropping their nap. So the question was, I don't know if it's naps or the discovery of freedom of a big boy bed, but my three-year-old is taking 90 plus minutes to go to sleep and it's killing everyone. So yes, that can feel pretty harsh when your little one stops napping and it can really be frustrating for him and for you. And so let's talk about what might be going on. If your child is between the ages of three and four, he might be showing signs of being ready to drop his nap. And for some parents, that's a welcome change because they find naps kind of inhibit their ability to get out of the house and get things done. You know, that feeling of being trapped by the nap. But for other parents, this is a really unwelcome adjustment because not only does it mean you lose a couple of hours of free time while your child naps during the day, but it also means that your child has some cranky afternoons during the transition often as his body adjusts to not having that midday snooze. Again, most children are ready to drop their nap between three and four years of age. The transition can be a bit tough for some, you know, 4 p.m. meltdowns and falling asleep in their dinner at five o'clock, but there are certainly ways to make the transition smoother for your little one and for you. To answer this particular parent's question, it does sound like her three-year-old is probably getting ready to just drop his nap altogether because he is taking an hour and a half to fall asleep. And then it's probably just throwing off the whole rest of his day and his bedtime if he's napping so late into the afternoon. A few tips for making this transition if it seems that your child is ready to drop the nap. The first thing is not to bid naps farewell too soon. So a few days of nap resistance doesn't mean your child is ready to give up his nap. 90% of children still need a nap by age three and aren't ready to drop it until somewhere between three and four. So don't jump the gun and eliminate the nap early if your child only has only been refusing to nap for a week or so. Watch for signs that he's ready to go to no nap at all. If any of the following are occurring consistently for at least a couple of weeks, then it's likely time to forgo the nap. One, he's consistently taking more than an hour to fall asleep at nap time, which sounds like it is the case for this individual child um, whose mom posed this question to me. Uh, Two, when your child doesn't fall asleep, sorry, when he does fall asleep, he naps less than an hour or he doesn't sleep at all. So if he's taking a really long time to fall asleep and then the nap is really short or he doesn't fall asleep at all and he's over the age of three and this has been happening for a couple of weeks, a pretty good sign that he may be done with his nap. If your child is consistently showing little to no signs of tiredness when he misses a nap, if he can handle the afternoon, if he can get through to a decent bedtime without seeming just bonkers overtired and overstimulated or wired or the opposite, exhausted and falling asleep on the couch, if he can get through that, pretty easily on a regular basis, he's probably ready to forego the nap. 
and if your child is having trouble falling asleep at bedtime when he has a nap that day. So if you see a clear distinction between the days he has a nap, he's taking until like 10 p.m. to fall asleep, and the days he doesn't nap, he can go to sleep easily and sleep well through the night by like 6.37 p.m., then he's probably fine to now go without the nap full time. While you are making the transition, make sure your child has quiet time each day, even if he doesn't nap. Even if he is no longer falling asleep at nap time, use that time for a quiet rest. Try to implement quiet time for your child alone in his room for an hour in the middle of the day. If he resists, talk to him about how important it is for him to rest so that he'll have energy to do fun things later that day and discuss what these things might be, those fun things. A grow clock or a some kind of wake up clock is a really good idea for helping your child understand when quiet time starts and ends. So take a look at the must haves section at thehappysleepcompany.com. You'll look at the must haves tab and the grow clock is there, but lots of different wake up clocks are good options. And they just show your child when it's time to start something and when it's time to end something, which could be very useful for quiet time with a child who's transitioning to no nap. Try moving bedtime earlier during the transition as well. Remember, the more overtired your child is when he goes to sleep at night, the harder it will be for him to stay in a nice, deep, restful sleep throughout the night. The harder it will be for him to go to sleep in the first place if he's overtired at bedtime. So give him a slightly earlier bedtime for about a month after he stops taking his daily nap. You may even need to put your child to bed at 6 p.m. if he's really showing a lot of tired signs as he transitions away from the nap. It's going to help prevent overtiredness and that should also help prevent night wakes and early morning wake-ups. Re-implement naps when necessary. So maybe your child hasn't taken a nap in months, but starting kindergarten has been super overwhelming and exhausting for him. Maybe you took him to Disney and he just can't handle all that fun without a break in the middle of the day. There will be times due to everything from growth spurts to environmental changes and different stimuli that require your child to have naps again for a short time. For example, many children begin to need naps on weekends again for the first couple of months after they begin kindergarten, and that's fine. Watch your child's cues and know when he needs rest and when he can go without it. And be prepared for some off days and some tough afternoons of overtiredness and crankiness during the transition, but ultimately just be patient, know that it's a phase and your child will pass through with flying colors with a little time and lots of flexibility in their schedule, but then, you know, consistency with how you manage each bedtime and each night as they transition away from that nap. The next question I looked at was this one. We follow the awake times very closely for our eight-month-old son, so obviously nap times and bedtimes vary day-to-day slightly. But I'm just wondering, is there a time you shouldn't let a baby nap past in the day? The answer to that is yes, but it very much depends on their age. So generally after a child is well out of the newborn stage, so let's say four and a half plus months, we're well out of the newborn stage, I would say that the earliest bedtime should be 6 p.m. and the latest bedtime should be 8 p.m. So the easiest way to decide when you should stop naps for the day is to know what your baby's age-appropriate awake time is and work backwards from an age-appropriate bedtime. If eight o'clock is the latest we would want a child to go to sleep and my child is eight months old and can handle three hours of awake time, that means I need my child's naps to be done by 5 p.m. so that he can have three hours of awake time and still go to bed no later than eight. If a child is 
five months old and has two hours of awake time and I don't want his bedtime to be later than 8 p.m. I know I need to end his last nap by about six because then we can have the two hours of awake time that he can handle and a bedtime of no later than 8 p.m. So it really just depends on your child's age and their age appropriate wake window, but 8 p.m. is generally the latest we would want to see a child go to bed. The next question I looked at was for working on independent sleeping with a newborn, is it best to start the process by trying to put him in his bassinet for his first nap or start with bedtime? I want to take a moment to tell you about NanoBaby, a company dedicated to creating amazing products that will guide you through your baby's feeding journey. Because really, if there's one thing as parents that's just as important and often just as daunting as baby's sleep, it's feeding our babies. Dedicated first and foremost to baby's health, the NanoBaby team joined forces with a team of pediatricians, lactation consultants, and biomedical engineers with a vision to be parents' first choice in baby care. They continuously design new technology that supports the special bonding moments that feeding time creates between us and our little ones. The NanoBaby product line includes the first ever nutrient-preserving baby bottles, the most advanced silicone baby bottles on the market, innovative breast milk storage, stylish travel essentials, and more. Their sleek and modern ecosystem is a game changer with designs that make nutritional feeding and travel with little ones an absolute breeze without sacrificing on style or convenience. Check out nanobaby.com and nanobaby.ca today and enter code HAPPYSLEEP for 20% off any of their products until June 30th, 2021. When it comes to newborns, first of all, let me reiterate something I always reiterate when we're talking about newborns, it's that we're not talking about sleep coaching or rigid schedules. We're just talking about maybe trying to implement some habits from the early days that can get you a great little sleeper on your hands by the time your child exits the newborn stage. And one way to do that is to start looking at some independent sleep skills early on in the early days and weeks. And all we mean by independent sleep skills is working on trying to put your baby into their crib or bassinet with their eyes open so that they can try to go to sleep on their own. In the newborn stage, that generally means quite a bit of lulling and calming before you put them into that crib or bassinet with their eyes open, but we do put them in with their eyes open, awake, so they can learn to start to fall asleep independently. To answer this individual person's question, is it best to start with trying to put them in their bassinet for their first nap or with bedtime, I would actually suggest exactly both of those things. The first nap of the day is usually the one that babies go down the easiest for because they haven't had time to get cranky and overstimulated yet. So that's a good one to start with. And bedtime is a good thing to start with because that's ultimately the place many parents want their child to be sleeping at bedtime and overnight is in a crib or bassinet. So those are the two best places to start. If the rest of the naps throughout the day happen in a carrier, in a stroller, as you get some fresh air, as you walk around, especially because often newborns naps get tougher as the day goes on and you get later into the day, that's not the end of the world. But if you want to try to start with some independent sleep skills, the first nap of the day and bedtime are a great place to start. Next question. Lately, my toddler, and we're really jumping around today with the toddlers and newborns, but okay. Lately, my toddler has been taking way longer to fall asleep than he used to. Any insight as to why? For reference, he's two and he naps for two hours each day and goes to bed around 7.30. So the first thing I'll say is congrats to this parent because I think you have a great schedule for your two-year-old. Having a two-hour nap in the middle of the day and going to bed around 7.30 is a really great schedule for the majority of two-year-olds. With that said, your question was, why is he taking so long to fall asleep? My answer is probably because he's a toddler now. 
Toddlers and preschoolers often take a lot longer to fall asleep at bedtime than infants do. They have a ton to process in their minds. There's so much going on in their day, in their minds. Their cognitive development is through the roof. They're gaining reasoning and negotiation skills. They are gaining a higher level of comprehension. They have a lot to process at the end of the day. So it's actually very normal for a two to three year old to be taking 20 or even 30 minutes of just babbling in their crib, singing in their crib, talking to themselves, playing with their stuffies, just kind of sorting out their day in their mind before they fall asleep at night. So to this parent, I would say if he's happy, I wouldn't stress that he's taking half an hour to fall asleep. It's pretty normal at this age. Final question for today. I'm expecting baby number two in September and my son is currently a great sleeper. We're thinking of transferring him to a bigger room and giving the baby his current room. Is that something that would mess up his sleep at all? I'm hesitant to move him, but I also don't know if I'm overthinking it. For reference, he's currently two and a half and still in a crib in brackets for as long as humanly possible. I love that. (laughs) So I'm happy that he's still in a crib at two and a half. Most children do best in a crib and not a big kid bed until they're closer to three or even three and a half. Some children transition sooner with success, but many children have more success with that transition later on. So as an aside, good stuff. Glad to hear your two and a half year old is still in a crib. But to answer your question, is it going to mess up his sleep if you move him into a different room? A couple of answers to that. So not necessarily, but what I would do, it's currently May and your baby is due in September. So if you are going to transition your older child to a bigger room, a different room, I would give him as much time as possible to adjust. And we don't want to make him feel like he's being kicked out of his current room for the baby. So I would suggest that if you're going to do it, you do it now. So you have several months of your older child being in the different room. So it really starts to feel like his room, like it was his choice, like it was really all about him and had nothing to do with this new baby. And he doesn't feel kicked out by the baby. So do it sooner rather than later. So you have lots of time between when you move his room and when the baby arrives. So he doesn't really associate the moving of his room with the baby. The other option is to just not move him. I mean, eventually they're both going to be older children and one is always going to have to have the bigger room. So you could just give the bigger room, the different room to the baby and leave your child where he is. If you are concerned at all that it's really going to disrupt his sleep, that he is a child who's very particular about where things are or how things are positioned in his room. And he's just really into routines and everything being a particular way. If you think that it's really going to disrupt him to move him to a different room, there's no harm in him having the smaller room and the baby having the bigger room when they arrive. And so really gauge it on your individual child and what you think will work best for him. But again, if you are going to make the switch, I think it's great that you still have quite a few months before the baby arrives and it would be nice to do it sooner rather than doing it right before the baby arrives or when the baby arrives. I would give him some time to make that adjustment if you are going to switch him into a different room. So those are the questions for today. I hope that was helpful. Like I said, we really ran through the gamut of newborn to toddler to even preschooler. So hopefully that answered a bunch of parents' questions. And always feel free to reach out, especially on Instagram. I check my DMs daily and I go through those each week to come up with the Tuesday Q&A. So drop me a line on Instagram or send me an email if you'd like a question included in Sleep Cues. And I hope everybody has a great week. 
Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.